Good morning, Isaac. Good back. Good to be back here in Raleigh recording in your place again, rather than a Waxhaw recording. So it's yeah. been a while since we've been doing, since we've actually done any recordings on this podcast. So anyway, I'm excited. How about you? Yeah, man, I'm pumped. I'm glad you're here and glad to get back on the podcast grind. We've taken a little summer break, if you will. So it's uh, nice to rekindle and uh, excited about our uh, topic today, as I always am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> whatever. Hello, welcome to Real Talk with Father and Son. It's your hosts, Isaac Ketchatorian, the millennial. And this is the father of three Ketchatorian, Generation X, best generation there is. Hey, hey, I don't know about that. But what I do know is that we're going to be having genuine conversations about tough topics from both of our generations. Let's get this going. As a parent, we always are trying to get children be interested in different extracurricular activities and it's just natural for me when I was, uh, as a young father, if you will, uh, instilling interest in your kids that, you know, I'd, whatever interest I had, I would introduce them to you. So obviously, um, I love sports. You know, I love watching that on TV. So anytime there's like football games on or basketball games in, I always try to get you guys excited. Hey, the Panthers are playing today. We're all going to watch the Panthers. And or if there's a soccer game playing, you know, or if we're introducing you to like a new activity i'd always try to get you involved in playing soccer um re really any other sports but i also wanted to kind of figure out uh if you had interest in things that um, maybe we weren't aware of so we always try to expose you kids into different things right so obviously you had sisters so we weren't we weren't really gender specific in what we wanted to do so we got all the girls involved in soccer um first and foremost and then cassie eventually gravitated towards dance which was kind of not surprising so we got her to do that and then and Isaac I know we we try to instill a lot of interest in you and soccer and things like that so do you remember some of those uh things that we introduced you to like when you were very young like maybe three or four and what were your thoughts about doing some of those activities at an early age were you doing it because you just wanted to do it you're doing it because you're, you're bored and you want something to do or you're doing it because maybe you just wanted to please us as as the parents what, what do you think about that yeah, it's so funny because I remember being younger and obviously, like you said, you put us into soccer and I think very quickly I learned that I was not into soccer <laughs> because I would <laughs> I would dread going to the games and I remember dad, of course, was my coach and I would literally just sit on the field and in the middle of the game because I was just so done. And I'll never forget that. And how you and mom were like, get up, screaming from the sidelines, get up, get the ball. And I just got so tired of playing. And that was probably what, when I was like four or maybe. Yeah, like you're probably four. four. Yeah. And I just was like, not into it. And dad, you know, it's funny. I feel like a lot of parents obviously want their children to be their predecessors, right? So uh, naturally, you, you begin with what's familiar to you, what you know, which is soccer was obviously a big part of your life, still is a big part of your life. So of course, you're going to introduce all your kids to that. And uh, yeah, it didn't work out too well. Yeah, I guess soccer was not your cup of tea. I remember one time when you were playing and you're like, you know, sitting there and we told you to start running and go get the guy. And you jumped and dove after a guy. I was like, oh, my gosh. 
This guy's not even playing the ball. Wait, I have a serious, I have a serious <laughs> He just dove after him. It was like, whatever, dude. We got you off the field. Like, I kind of knew. He was like, yeah, he's not ready into this. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. ask you. So at what point in my life did you realize <laughs> Isaac's not the most athletic? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. I mean, I didn't really. I mean, I obviously, I didn't really kind of exclude athleticisms completely because, you know, we uh, we obviously knew that you didn't like soccer, but then we tried to get you – could play like basketball at church and stuff like that. But I could tell that you never really was into like all the sports stuff. So, you know, I didn't, it didn't really bother me personally, but then I was always trying to figure out, well, he's got to be interested in something to kind of keep, you know, him active and healthy and have some sort of extracurricular activity to do rather than just being going to school. So, so you obviously try to get you involved in other stuff. And, you know, we, we always did stuff as a family, you know, obviously one of the big things I like to do too is like watching movies. So, we always watch a lot of movies at home, specifically like Disney movies. It's like most parents typically have their kids do. And, you know, you get, you start to gain interest in which movies kind of connect with you. Right. So, um, and I think, you know, and obviously you were in scouts and I remember one of the things that you really liked was the cinematography merit badge. You're like all over it. You know, you liked, uh, cause we had a camcorder obviously that we used just to record your kids and, you know, special events and things of that sort. So, uh, and you got interested in trying to use it and you were, you asked if you could use it to kind of do stuff like around the house and you really started enjoying that. And then, you know, I remember, um, you figured out on your own that the Mac had a great program to edit videos and you asked us if we can get it. And, uh, you know, we had another computer, regular Dell that was probably working fine. But, you know, after talking to some people, I heard that it did have a, it did have a good like a uh, editing program. So uh, what was it? iMovie or something like that? Yeah. iMovie. Yeah. yeah I can so, remember. Anyway, do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I remember it. I think that as a child, right. I, I know that at, in the beginning, cause even after I hated soccer, like it, it went on for like a couple more years um, before I think we finally were like, Oh, this isn't going to work. And I really appreciated how, one, you gave me opportunities. Obviously, Scouts was, you know, an easy way to discover a bunch of different interests and things because of all the different merit badges that you do. But then I also appreciated as a kid how open you were uh, and you and mom both were so supportive of whatever we as, you know, you obviously had four kids, including me. We all had such different interests and I feel like you fostered those interests. And like you said, once you noticed that something that we took an interest in something, you both did everything you could to foster that and build that up and allow us to grow in that way. And I think that, that, that that's a really admirable thing as a parent. But I am curious, like, was there at any point, was it challenging for you when you realized, like, as an example, none of your kids were into soccer like you were? Or was it challenging when maybe you wanted, you know, me or, or Josh or whatever to maybe be more uh, into sports, but it just didn't work? Like, was there ever any sort of friction or um, in your mind kind of like struggling with, oh, what is my kid going to be into or how can I support them? And how did you work through that if, if you did kind of experience any sort of challenge? No, I didn't have any challenges, I don't think. I think the main thing was trying to figure out, you know, what you guys are liking. I mean, Joshua played soccer all the way up to like eighth grade, but then he tried lacrosse. And then once he got into lacrosse, he obviously kind of developed a love for that. 
So, you know, my goal, you know, for him, because he was really the most, the most athletic out of the four of you. So, you know, I kind of knew he would uh, do well in athletics. You know, so obviously that's why he played soccer for as many years as he did from the age of like three or four all the way up to like, uh, I guess, thir 12 or 13. And then he tried lacrosse and he really liked that and he kind of switched. But, but my goal was to eventually coach him at as high a level as possible. You know, obviously I coached him in his little league uh, soccer programs. And um, I started coaching at the high school in hopes that he would eventually play high school soccer and have the opportunity to coach him um, at the high school level. But obviously once he entered high school, he did not want to play soccer. And he decided that he just wanted to go ahead and stick to lacrosse. So I was fine with that. I mean, I obviously continued doing what I wanted to do. But then once he got you know competitive enough in lacrosse, I couldn't do both coaching soccer and you know, keeping up with all of his uh, lacrosse games. So I had to make a decision. So obviously I was just going to do what I could to support him and, um, and watching him and, 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 and perform. Do you feel so, like that? Do you feel like that happens a lot where oh, yeah, I think, situations oh, yeah, where I you think, have to choose? I, I think, I think parents kind of expect a lot of their kids to, you know, they, they push them to, they want them to be the superstar, you know, athlete in whatever sport, whether it's, you know, any sport, you know, soccer, baseball, football, basketball, you know, and um, especially if they played, they want a protege, if you will, to kind of fill in the gaps where maybe they were lacking, you know. Mm -hmm. So they, they want their kids to go to the highest level. And I think they feel like, you know, oh, I know where I fell short. I, you know, I didn't really take it seriously enough. But in all honesty, you know, anytime you have a passion about something, um, you know, the individual's got to gotta have that passion, not the, you know, not the parent. You know, you can guide the kid in hopes that they'll kind of get that passion of what you had as a passion, um, but doesn't mean it's always going to coincide. So once I realized that, you know, that nobody had the same passion of soccer that I did, whether it was playing or watching it, you know, and obviously watching it, I think, uh, you know, Joshua still enjoys watching it. And, and, and you watch a game here and there, but, you know, not to the same level that I do. But, um, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I just, I, I accepted it. It wasn't really disheartening it wasn't like uh I, I i didn't feel like uh you guys nobody let me down or anything like that but i i always wanted you to thrive and any all of your kids wanted you to thrive in whatever activities you guys felt passionate about you know so you know i know i remember you were always very animated so you know so you know being you know behind the camera or in front of the camera was just you know for you just very natural so so you know you ran with it you know you use the camera and you did skits and you did uh, you did plays, you know, with your friends and, and all kinds of cool things. Came out with some pretty good movies. <laughs> yeah. So what advice would you give to parents when their interests are different? I think as parents, they, they got to, you got to realize like you lived your life. You've had your opportunity. You made the best of what you have and you can still continue to make the best of what you have left of your life. Uh, but you can't really dictate uh, every decision that a child makes. You can kind of encourage, maybe, you know, influence in a lot of ways and support, whatever. But ultimately, you know, the, the child has to, you know, they got to meet the rubber on the road, as they say, and figure out for themselves what's going to drive them. Because what will happen is if they do something, um, let's say, because their parents want to do it and they didn't really have the passion to do it, they, they eventually will not get the best of experience 
and the kids kind of just follow suit, just blindly just following what their parents tell them to do. Once they get into the field, they, they're not very happy people. I mean, you talk to some of these kids in these situations and you ask them, do you like what you're doing? It's like, no, I'm just doing it because I get paid and I'll, I'm ready to get, you know, once I'm done with work, I'm ready to do other things. So obviously they make a paycheck, but they don't really thrive in their, in their work. Yeah. How can you foster that creativity from a young age or what can you do to give children that sort of autonomy to decide for themselves. I, I think I think it's just about exposure, just a lot of different things. You could expose them to sports. You can expose them to the arts. You can expose them to like different forms of like dance or, you know, just a lot of different things. And I think that's the key is just exposing them to a variety of different things and see what kind of connects, you know, and they'll kind of figure it out, you know, because they'll, you know, those things come in season. So like once they're done with a certain, um, camp or whatever or a certain sport you know if they like it they're going to want to play it again the next season and um and that's how you know they really really like it you know and obviously if they do it for a few years they may be really really good at it for like you know early part of their youth and then all of a sudden once they get to a certain point like high school it's like you know what i've been doing this for you know the kid might say i've been doing this for a long time and it's not fun for me anymore and sometimes as a parent you're like oh man you could have gone you could go to the highest level. You could even become a professional in this because you're just so good at it. You know, are you sure you want to do this? And, and sometimes you, it's hard for parents to kind of take a step back. And sometimes some parents will say, you know what, they don't know better, you know, and they'll be rigid and they'll say, you know, they're too young to make that decision. And in a lot of ways that's true. So sometimes it's a fine balance there as far as how much you want to integrate into the, uh, your mindset or integrate your uh your power as a parent i guess to say hey you know you're you're going to continue to do this until you know this point in time or whatever so and 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 sometimes you know you hear stories where kids they get to a very high uh level and they win a championship it's like yeah you know i almost quit this sport but i'm so glad that my parent you know you know, encouraged and forced me to continue to do it. And I realize now that it was just uh, the best decision for me to do this. And even though I didn't really want to, I'm glad they pushed me to do this. So, you know, there's, there's that side of it, but I don't know if it's, 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 it's a tough, tough situation to kind of think about. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. I didn't think about the other side of it. I've heard that even from some people who are incredible musicians, they talk about, yeah, I never wanted to practice when I was a little kid. And my parents always made me sit down and practice. And now I'm, you know, looking back, I'm so grateful that they made me dedicate that time because it's made me the musician I am today. So that is a tough balance as a parent to figure out. I think it's a parenting style. And, you know, and I think, you know, you can't claim that that they're wrong, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, I think. uh, Who, the parent? The parent, the parent. You can't can't blame the parent for for doing that, and you can't blame the parent for giving flexibility either, right? So, so I think a lot of it is cultural how you're brought up as a parent, you know, or as a child, and then how your parents brought you up, and what kind of continues on. I think if you think about all the different things that you could do as a parent, when you are a parent, you will figure out the best way to. Uh, to work with them at that particular time because it changes. 
sometimes you'll feel like, oh, they, they really need to do this. I think it'll be good. But then you might be the type of parents like, well, let's try a little, few little different things. I'm not going to force anything on them. So you know, like I said, you got to figure out what is going to be the best. Because every child is different and their capacity to learn and to grow is going to be different. Some kids, you know, develop a skill very quickly and do very well at a very early age. And sometimes it takes a few years before they kind of catch up. And it's interesting too, because as we're talking about this, every child also, I think it's very common and healthy for children to go through phases, like you're saying. Yeah. So, you know, they might for a couple years be really into one thing and then pivot or switch. Yeah. And immediately go be into something totally different. Yeah, and it could, and it doesn't necessarily have to be just extracurricular activities. It could be basic stuff like reading and math, right? Like just uh, school education. So you know, you could go ahead and have the kids start, you know, going to going to school, and they end up uh, not liking going to school because they don't like to learn and they don't like to do math problems or they don't like to read. So, but you as a parent know that it's very important for them to do that because that's the only way they're going to be able to have a, a formidable job to give them a, you know, a good lifestyle is to have a basic education. If they don't know how to read and write, do basic arithmetic effectively, they're going to lose out. So as a parent, you know, you got to have to, you're going to have to make them go to school and learn some basic skills. And I think they, you know, they're not going to like it. You know, and sometimes they'll even drop out or they just, you know, they just don't like to, they don't like it. And they just end up being a rebel and bad, like they could be, you know, behaviorally terrible kids because they just lash out because they don't like to go to school. You went from zero to a hundred real quick. (laughs) (laughs) You're, you're kind of sharing a narrative that's like, if somebody's not into school, it can spiral and then they're going to be a rebel and... (laughs) They're well, going to be yeah. a criminal. <laughs> not every kid that doesn't like school and decides know, that they're not into saying, school becomes my, a rebel. But my point is that a lot of times the parents have to make a decision to kind of stick to their guns and helping them excel at certain skill sets, whether it's education or extracurricular. I agree. Activities. So as a parent, you got to figure out the fine balance. Yeah. Because certain schools may not work well for kids, you know, so that's why they got to, you know, maybe just go homeschool or private school and trying to figure out what works. So it's a lot of trial and error. There's nothing nothing absolute at all between a parent and a child. That's that's the, probably the most important aspect that I could share in this podcast is like, there's no absolutes. Our perspectives between you and I are going to be very unique. And, you know, you did what you did and you came out the way you did. But I think the key thing was exposing their kids to as much education, as much extracurricular activities as possible. That's first and foremost, giving them the opportunities to figure out what their gifts and their talents are, and then giving them the platform to continue to to develop those skill sets and having them continue to be, you know, just challenged so they can continue to grow in that skill set. That's, that's key. And if now the thing is, if they fail or if they don't like it, then obviously you've got to regroup and you've got to figure out a way to, as a parent, uh, be creative in a way that they can flourish in something that's very important to them, but also flourish in basic needs that they need to have to be an independent individual in this community and society that we live in. Mm-hmm. 
And it's so interesting how certain, you know, you talk about interests, right? Interests are so broad and how there are certain interests that, you know, even though it may not be fun or enjoyable, especially as a child, if you expose your children to those interests, they, it will help them and they need it to be successful, like later in their life. Right. Like a couple that I can think of is, you know, finances. I used to hate, like I even took a finance merit badge and I was like, Oh, this is like a little interesting, but I was always so against majoring in finance or accounting. I always just thought it was so boring and was just not, you know, didn't like math, just didn't align with my personality. Now I'm at a point in my life where I love learning about finance and I'm really interested in all the aspects of, of financial literacy or even interior design. That was something that I grew up watching my mom. And it was something, you know, just as a child, you don't appreciate it. I just didn't really care for it. And Ooh. I was like, oh, I don't care what the paint on the wall is or what furniture we have. I just want to go play. So now that I own my own home, I have taken a lot of the interests from both you and, you know, uh, mom. And I have like learned from those. Um, and I apply those interests in my life now. So it's interesting what we pick up on from our parents, you know, whether consciously or subconsciously. And if an interest is not something, you know, like as an example, if you want your child to be into something, you can't force them. And at some point they might come around and say that they do decide that they want to, you know, learn more about that. And maybe it's just their stage of life, right? Like it took me, you know, having my own home to finally be into interior design um, and, and kind of decorating and things like that. Whereas before I never really cared about it. So uh, it's just phases of life and interests can change. And I think you make a good point, dad, that the biggest thing you can do is, just increase the exposure for your children, but then support them in what they want to do. Yeah, I think that's right on. I think you need to expose them and also teach them basic life skills, you know, because eventually they're going to have to learn it, you know, whether it's learning how to cook or how to do laundry, how to, you know, fix some small things in the car, fix some small things in the house. So, so anytime we did stuff like that, we always try to get you guys to come out and help, whether it was yard work, even just like even pulling weeds, definitely not fun. But you realize how important that is. But I think I think the key thing is just learning. Uh, the key thing is being exposed to different life skills and learning how to do that. But eventually, you learn how to, to develop those because you have those interests developing yourself. Like you know, like looking at your, you know, buying your own house. You know, you need things to. You realize like, oh man, I need to fix this. And then you like call me and it's like, how do you fix this or how do you do that? Uh, because you didn't really pay attention to it when you were a kid. But now you have to do it, so you, you <laughs> learn how to gain interest. Exactly. You know, and you and you need certain tools. Even though we had all the tools at home, we never really learned, never really used them personally. But now that you have this desire to 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 do things right in your home, you, you got to fix them. You know, so you got to yeah. figure out what tools you need. And that's the key, right? Is I think you said like exposing your kids and teaching them and finding that balance. But then also, if they take interest in things that are completely different than you as a parent, like this is a classic. I, I said this earlier, but I want to like reemphasize this again. If you're a, a father that's really into sports and you have a child that is, you know, born as like, I'm really into theater and I really am into like that whole world. 
I think it means so much to a child and coming from my perspective, dad of, I was into theater and yeah, I got into acting and video and all that video production, all that stuff is you also began taking an interest because you loved me as your child, right? I think some dads would have a different approach where they would try and steer their kids away or uh, want them to still try sports or even if they are into theater, they just wouldn't fully support it or they'd kind of maybe not want to feed into that. But I think giving your children that, that support and letting them know that you are happy that they're that they found something that they really care about and that they're excited about and listening to them and understanding what their passion is and learning about it. I think that that's a true like selfless love. And uh, I think you you've done that so well. And so if there are any parents out there that are struggling with, you know, children that may have different interests than them or whatever, I would just say as a child who did receive that unconditional love, um, it goes a long way to be able to act selflessly and take interest uh, in in what it is that your children um, are interested in, even if it's completely different. I mean, a good example, and um, <laughs> Josh and I obviously are very different, as you mentioned. He's like, you know, very athletic. He's into construction, and I'm working tech. Like, we, we couldn't be more different in personalities, but I think as you get older, you learn Hey, I've like I've learned so much about construction the past few years just because being associated with Josh, um, and I think that that like taking it as an opportunity to hey, you can learn something new and you can learn about a whole different world that you weren't exposed to, um, and and maybe of course at the end of the day, like you as a dad aren't going to go and watch a theater show on your own because that's not what you're into, but you know, saying I'm going to be at every theater show that my kid's in, you know, I think that 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 makes a valuable impact on a child's life. And they're going to remember that. Yeah. I think that's the key thing is just supporting and learning, you know, like uh, what they're involved in and trying to, to really digest exactly what they're doing. So you can kind of have a better perspective. I think, I think the worst thing that a lot of parents do too is when there's a conflict of interest of, you know, engaging in an activity or, or a certain skill set is they, they create a lot of shame and guilt towards the child. So that's the worst thing that a parent can do is create shame and guilt. A good example, you, know, we, you mentioned earlier about going on a mission or maybe doing a different activity. So um, just going to the missions, like, you know, the worst thing you can do is, look, if your child doesn't want to go on that, it's creating a lot of shame and guilt. It's like, well, why don't you want to go? It's like, what's wrong with you? You know, this is something that, you know, I did and your grandparents did, you know, and, and, and you can't break the mold. So they, that right there starts to create a lot of shame and a lot of guilt for that individual. And that's going to create a contentious uh, um, relationship down the road and, and, and almost immediately, really. And it'll just get worse as time goes by. Um, you know, even like when you were not interested in sports and I could have easily said, oh, man, you don't want to do, you know, acting. That's, that's not what boys do. You know what I'm saying? I could have mm -hmm. easily instilled a lot of shame and guilt and try to redirect you where I felt like you should be. And I think, unfortunately, that happens a lot in this world where there's a lot of shame and guilt created. And, and some of it is, you know, the parents' own doing, and some of it's generational. You know, they've had a lot of shame and guilt as a child, and they just, you know, never really broke that mold or cycle, if you will. 
But the worst thing you can do is create shame and guilt upon a child because it really will cause a lot of uh, emotional scars and uh, a lot of baggage in their relationships that they'll have in the future and even for themselves as an individual. So again, just going back to, you know, my, my personal opinion is just trying to learn the skills and the different activities that they are wanting to engage in, exposing them to different things. And then just, uh, you know, don't let them feel, don't make them feel guilty about what they're doing. You know, it's like, Oh, that's cool. You want to do that? Let's try it. See what happens. Like I said, you'll be surprised. Sometimes you learn a lot of new things along with that child and in that activity. Yeah. It's so true. Like it's a generational thing and it's projecting insecurities. Um, And I think it comes down to like what you deem, you talked about this earlier about like what you think is good for the child or bad for the child. Like, you know, even a dad, right. in in your generation, it, it may not even be that you're necessarily like homophobic, but you're worried about protecting your son from being bullied, right? Because, you know, other people are homophobic. So you're like, oh, I don't want him to go into theater because if he goes into theater, you know, then he's going to get bullied by the other kids who are on oh. the sports team, right? So it's it's this whole thing of like wanting to perpetuate your own insecurities because oh. you don't want, you know, your child to get, you know, hurt, which again, it's, it's coming from a place in essence of love of like, I want to protect my child. But at the same time, if that's what makes that child happy and that's where they're thriving and, you know, bullying is a possibility, you know, at the end of the day, that's just going to have to be something that, that unfortunately may come with the territory, but, but they're doing still what they love. And so it, like you said, it's a tough balance because I think, parents especially like fathers really want to protect their children and they feel like what they perpetuate is doing best for their child when at the end of the day you know again it's working a balance of maybe the child knows what's best for themselves which is like what you talked about in another podcast um but then maybe there are other times so i think the way that you can separate when when a parent knows better is when it's like a necessary skill, right? If it's an interest, like you said, where they may not be interested in this, but they're going to thank me later for teaching them this because this is something that they're going to need. I think for me, that's that's the difference because there's there's a slew of interests and basing and controlling your children's interests based off of maybe your ha- past or your history or your trauma or what you've seen is not fair to your child, but maybe being more firm on what they can and can't do when you know it's ultimately going to benefit their skills or their abilities, that's where it's it's going to be a situation where I think the child will thank you later. Yeah. I th- and I think, you know, it's funny because, you know, we've already, we've already raised you guys. You guys are all adults now. So we kind of see, you know, some of the benefits of what we've done and some of the things that we felt like, oh, we could have done this a little better. So the cool thing is, you know, now that we have grandkids, mom and I, you know, with uh, Oakley and Bliss um, so far, we, we, we are planning to do uh, camps, like summer camps just for our grandkids. So you know, my grandkids call me Papa and they call mom Cece as grandma instead of grandma. They just call her Cece. So we call it, the, we, we call it the posse camp, Papa and Cece mixed basically. So we call it posse camp. So the way we've already, I've already outlined things that we're going to teach our grandkids in these camps. So 
you know, they'll start off like maybe just a two to three day camp. But I think it's the things that we've learned, like you're talking about, Isaac, is like, you know, just even at a young age, they're so they can learn and pick up on things so good. So we just wanted to get them to expose, be exposed to different things at a very young age because we want them to be able to absorb uh, what's going to resonate with them. Right. So some examples of activities, cooking, you know, going in nature, you know, mowing the grass, you know, um, you know, and as they get older, as they develop and are able to absorb more, we, we teach them more, you know, more challenging things. And hopefully that, that'll be good. We feel like that'll be good for them because it's a lot of life skills stuff, right? Um, and, you know, helping them to learn some of the basic stuff that, that we feel like will be beneficial to them. Um, not that their parents won't do that, but we want to specifically spend, uh, we want to basically give them an environment that's going to be fun and loving and, you know, very supportive or not critical, not going to create shame or guilt in any form or fashion. So I'm excited for that. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in and listening. We hope you enjoyed uh, more perspectives from my father and I. Yeah, please uh, DM us and uh, let us know uh, what topics you would like to hear about. And uh, if you have any questions or concerns or criticisms, we would love to hear them. And we would like to start answering some questions on the podcast of just generational differences that you guys may be coming up with. And so we need your feedback. So please uh, DM, DM us on Instagram or directly by email or text if you have it. And uh, we'd be more than happy to share those thoughts with there's you. There's a there's a generational difference right there. Uh, Dad's friends are going to email him, <laughs> and my <laughs> friends are going to text me. <laughs> nah, that's not true. I get both. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. Y'all have a good one. If you enjoyed this episode, please share. We appreciate your feedback and would love to know what topics you want us to discuss in the future. Our goal is to inspire and enable you to have healthy conversations with your loved ones, all while keeping it real.